0: Ranked one of America's top research universities, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee plays a vital role in shaping the future of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. UWM's diversity, academic excellence, and world-class research contribute to the region's economic development and quality of life. Meet the people behind the creativity and discoveries on UWM today. Here's the host, Tom Lujak, Vice-Chancellor of University Relations.
1: As new technology continues to enter the workplace, employers everywhere are struggling to make sure that their employees know how to use that technology. It's called upskilling, and without it, many workers are at risk of becoming obsolete. On this edition of UWM Today, we're going to look at a new program developed by the university to give people an easier path for learning how to do their jobs better. It's called Tech Ed Frontiers. Our guest is Phyllis King, vice provost at UWM. Phyllis has been instrumental in helping UWM close the equity gap that exists among underserved populations, and she's also championed STEM education initiatives at the university. Today, Phyllis is helping to create TechEd Frontiers, a workforce development learning program. Welcome to the program, Phyllis. Great to have you with us today.
2: Thanks, Tom. Thanks for the opportunity to be here.
1: You bet. You know, the, the idea of employers wanting to help their workers become more educated, we all know that's not new. Many companies, in fact, have been paying tuition for their employees to go back and maybe finish that undergrad degree or go on for a master's degree. So what's different with TechEd Frontiers? How does that initiative look different from other educational programs?
2: Yeah, well, we're really excited to launch uh, this innovation in education. And what TechEd Frontiers does is it's an online upskilling um, pathways that advance people in high demand jobs. So it's incremental learning. It's affordable. uh, It's sort of a chunkable uh, type of learning, and it's labor market informed. So. We know what the high-demand jobs are out there, and it really aims to close those skills gaps and and really help employers and and help employees um, get employed and stay employed. So some of the unique features of TechEd Frontiers is that it is online. It's self-paced. It's just in time. You can learn it anywhere and take it anywhere. Uh, It's modularized, and modules are two weeks in length, usually about six to eight hours of learning a week. And um, those modules are then a series of modules that then complete what we call a pathway. And that pathway gives uh, the knowledge, skills, and abilities, sometimes what we call competencies, uh, to make visible to employers and to employees. So, I think their unique features are they're in high demand skills, they're validated uh, by market research And by an industry advisory council that's made up of representatives from our business community in the Milwaukee area and really do encompass a lot of multiple industries or or businesses. Um, What is a great feature about it is it uh, does ensure success and that we have success coaches. So we have an individual that can reach out to the learners and help them to apply their learning in the workplace and really solidify that comprehension of content. Again, it's uh, industry validated, so we co-create with industry, which is unique. So we sit down, we talk to the employer, and we say, what is the problem you're trying to solve? What skills are you needing in your workforce that you currently don't have? And then what we can do is map those skills, or those we can identify the knowledge, the uh, skills and abilities that uh, they are needed, and and then we put those into um, a curriculum, into into these uh, modules. The series of modules are then completed uh, in a pathway, and we have badges. So um, to make visible again, that learning, we have electronic badges, and those are portable between employers or industries, and you can make those visible on resumes and on social media. But what it really does is it validates and it makes visible uh, what the what the employee has learned. And the greatest thing, I think, is also the customizability. So we can customize, these modules to the employer and to the company uh, so that they can take their own content, whether it's case studies or data that they might uh, use that's unique to their company or their business, and we can customize that and we can insert those, what we'll say are learning assets um, into these modules and into the pathways. And then lastly, it's a bridge to credit. So we also, you know, there's a lot of off the shelf sort of courses and some are free. And uh, But what we do with these is we actually uh, bring them into our curriculum and can, through what we call prior learning assessment, create that bridge to credit. And that credit then can be what we call stackable towards a degree. And the degree can could be a credential, a certificate, a shorter term um, learning experience, or it could be the full uh, on, on-ramp to a, a bachelor's degree or to a master's degree.
1: So to give me an example of uh, one of the courses that will be available first. What, what areas are these courses going, going to be offered in?
2: So we, uh, as I mentioned, pick the high demand areas. So data analytics and data visualization with Excel is a very uh, in-demand skill. And and that's really across most industries because of technologies, everybody's sitting on data. And so what to do with that data, how to analyze that data, how to make predictions um, and how to make data-driven decisions. That's what everybody wants right now. So um, data analytics and data visualization with Excel is one of our first ones. And what it does is it really creates a, a foundation of learning and it talks about um, uh, about uh, being able to use data and so, we start with what's the role of data, You know, what's data management, how do you collect data, how do you store data, what's the integrity of data, how do you use functions in Excel uh, to manipulate the data, and then finally, how do you visualize that and tell the story about the data that you've collected? So that's the first pathway, and you can use that uh, with insurance companies, with finance industry, with healthcare, with business, with marketing, and so forth. So it's a highly applicable and sought-after um, uh, Field, and the other one is in cybersecurity. So we have two pathways right now. We're rolling out, and the second one is cybersecurity analyst one, and, and this is a pathway uh, that, re- that probably is in highest demand right now. And they're saying over the next ten years, 63 um, uh, percent of of our skills gap we have in, in terms of our workforce. So um, looking at that, we're really looking at um, skills that look at vulnerabilities and threats uh, in um, in technology and how to how to best Um, identify those kind of uh, um, uh, factors in in our technology. And so um, that's another one that we'll be rolling out um, this spring as well, along with um, data analytics.
1: So the universities already offer full degrees in programs like data analysis, um, cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could get a major, you could get a master's, you can get a doctoral degree. How would one of these modules be different uh, in terms of uh, the, the quality and the content compared to getting a full degree in these areas?
2: Yeah, the biggest difference is uh, you know, a lot of our curriculum is set up to for shared learning outcomes. And so what we've done is we've taken those shared, those learning outcomes, and we've actually turned them into knowledge, skills, and abilities, which really are competencies. So now we can measure the competencies instead of talking about a broader learning outcomes. And what you actually then have is a, that skills Um, that you can identify and you can measure. Um, And uh, so in these modules, we've also built some assessments, some formative assessments, some knowledge checks along the way, and at the end, uh, more of a summative assessment. So again, we can validate that learning has occurred and that competencies have been gained through these modules. And and these are modules that are validated by our uh, faculty and our faculty experts along with industry so we can say that the content then is mapped to our curriculum and at the same time it's industry informed and so the industry is telling us yes this is this is what we need in our workforce and this is these are the skills that we need to have acquired and then working together with industry and academia working together co-creating these modules i think is just the best scenario for everyone
1: yeah you know uh, as i imagine somebody sitting down at their computer and getting ready to take one of these courses i'm sure they're wondering what am I going to see? Is it going to be a lecture? Is it going to be a PowerPoint? Is it uh, going to be um, a history lesson of, of, of what happened in the past? Or am I going to be really forward looking, cutting edge? Is it all of those or some of those or none of those?
2: It's a mixture of those, um, I'll say. I think, you know, we, we call it storyboarding in, in terms of you're, you're trying to tell a story or you're trying to link the knowledge skills and abilities uh, in in this module. So it's immersive uh, in terms of the content, it's interactive in terms of the program. What we really want them to come away with is a skill. And so they have to demonstrate the skill. So therefore it has to be interactive. So we do curate information and knowledge that's out there as well as uh, our own faculty. And uh, given that we're in our one institution, you know our own discoveries. And so we can put in some of our own cutting edge research and knowledge into these modules. So it's immersive, it's interactive, it's it's you know chunkable. But we do curate a lot of. We can do videos. Um, some some of it comes from um, YouTube, but again, it's all driven by faculty's uh, expertise and by industry uh, informing us of, of of what's needed.
1: I'm really curious what role the employers are playing in this because, as I understand it, right now the 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 uh, organization or the party that is is uh, arranging to make this course available to uh, an individual is really the employer at this point, right? It's not you or I can't just sign up and say, yeah, I want to become a cybersecurity expert. I think I'll take this class. It has to be done through an employer.
2: Yeah, correct. So the employer recognizes a need. They have a skills gap. And if they do uh, strategic planning, sometimes what they'll say is, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to need more cybersecurity specialists or cybersecurity analysts. So what they can do then is scan their own, the present workforce and say, hmm, who might have the preparatory skills or the prerequisite skills that we could build upon and what we call upskill, um, additional, deeper, advanced skills in a certain area. And so they can fill that gap and they can do that ahead of time and um, they can retain their employees. It's an excellent way to retain your employees. It's a great way to for the employees to get additional compensation and career advancement. But it all starts with the employer recognizing that they do have a skills gap. And then we sit down and talk to them. What is that skills gap? That skills gap? Um, what additional skills are you looking for? And then how can we build those in, into learning modules?
1: Any sense um, how the individuals who are taking these courses uh, respond to it? Have you had a chance to to, to roll this out yet? Or, or are you just on the brink of launching TechEd Frontiers?
2: We're just on the brink of launching TechEd Frontiers in April. Uh, we'll be launching the data analytics and data visualization with Excel uh, pathway, and then uh, after that, we'll be our cybersecurity analyst pathway. Um, but what we have seen, you know, in the past, or at least I will say, with one of the effects of the pandemic has been the gr- much greater acceptance of modules of incremental learning, short-term learning, um, and all of that. So, you know, we, we we there's been some polls out there where companies are just really stepping up. Uh, to, they're upskilling after this virus outbreak and employees are are really interested in this type because they can't step out of the workplace and take two, four years or take that long period of time um, to learn and then get back into work. They need to work. So what we're really doing is creating this um, and encouraging this ecosystem of working and learning, working and learning. It used to be we learn and then we get a job, but this way it's a continuous learning process as you know with technology now being introduced. To virtually every field that employees really uh, need to continue to learn. So there's that term out there, continuous learning or lifelong learning. is is he really here to stay? And I think Tech at Frontiers has a great opportunity in this space.
1: I'm really interested in uh, knowing um, what employers um, have uh, have done in terms of, uh, accepting this? Did, is it is it a tough sell? I guess that's the question, uh, to convince employers that they need this, or did they come to UWM and say, hey, we have a problem, and, um, and we need you to help us solve it?
2: Yeah, it's both, but I will say that, uh, especially with HR, there's a lot of uh, interest now from HR leaders, um, and they really do, I think, believe that there is a need for continuous lifelong learning, um, and that there will be a demand for higher levels of education and more credentials. And so, the majority of them now, I think, believe in the future. Most advanced degrees are going to be completed online, and it's a it's a uh, it's a convenient way uh, for their workforce to to continue to learn and be upskilled. They do say that online credentials are now mainstream and that they they truly believe that. And I think the majority of HR leaders also believe that the credentials earned online are generally equal quality to those that are completed in person. And I think, you know, years ago we didn't necessarily understand that or I think our, or they weren't necessarily perceived that way. But I do believe now with the pandemic and how we've all, you know, been able to pivot to online and do it well um, I think that the HR uh, folks and and companies are are saying this is convenient. This is an efficient way to continue for to have our employees learn and be upskilled and um, and and really continue to grow.
1: You know, I suspect that a lot of the employees who will be taking these courses have been informed by the experiences during COVID of watching their kids. Take an online course, right? <laughs> it might have been pretty scary and 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 uh, a little uh, off off-putting to to think of yourself sitting in front of a screen. But I suppose if if your eight-year-old or eighteen-year-old is doing it, uh, it becomes um, less of a um, of a barrier to imagine yourself sitting down and continuing to learn as as a middle-aged adult.
2: Sure, you know, and i it, they're, they're talking a lot about this, you know, what has the, the pandemic done to us in terms of technology and learning, and it, and it really has done a lot. But I think, you know, I think UWM has always recognized that there's a need for a more Nimble sort of dynamic link between the university programs and these emerging needs of industry well before the pandemic. You know we've listened to our employers, and you know we live in such a rich environment of ah uh, of of industry partners. And um you know we heard that there there's a there's a need for shorter term credentials. There's a need for skills acquisition and 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 this competency-based education, this different form of education that really creates, this work and learn sort of ecosystem, but no doubt about it, you know, um, there, this, you know, what economists and researchers are forecasting is that, you know, in the future, this whole remaking of the, of the workplace or or workforce and placing more emphasis on employees with digital skills and technical or technology skills really happened in a few short weeks because of this pandemic. So, you know, as industries transform and really try and survive, they're looking at agility, right? So an agile workforce and, That can quickly learn and continually learn and they want to give them the skills that they need. So uh, because of this ever changing environment. So I think the digital innovation is here to stay, we need to accept it and we need to grow along with it. And we need to manage it and we need to um, work together with industry uh, partners to do our, uh, to educate.
1: Absolutely. You're listening to UWM Today here on WUWM. Good to have you with us this week. I'm Tom Luchak, and joining us in our virtual studios are Phyllis King, Phyllis's vice provost, at UWM. It is one of the people who helped develop a, a new uh, online learning program the university is beginning to offer this spring called Tech Ed Frontiers. Um, Phyllis, you've been describing this as um, a way for employers to be able to continue to see their workforce grow without necessarily having to hire new people uh, or or get rid of old people because they don't have those skills. In a way, this is, is really a wonderful Method of being able to extend the longevity of employees who otherwise might have seen themselves uh, be eclipsed by newer graduates, people who are coming out of school with a different set of skills than perhaps what they had 20 years ago. Could you talk a little more about these badges that uh, that are awarded? Is, Is that someday going to be the equivalent of of an undergraduate degree or a master's degree? Are you gonna Are you gonna have um, I, I keep thinking of a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout with with mm-hmm. with that with that wonderful uh, sash full of badges. Is it is, the, is, is is that the equivalent of what we're talking about electronically?
2: Yeah, you know. So we did talk about the term badge because I think in the past there is that perspective of uh, you know what a badge is and um, a, this type of a badge is. Is different, and again, it makes visible uh, the learning and the skills. There's metadata that uh, is actually behind the badge. So, if you were to click on an electronic badge and you open it up, there's a metadata behind it, and it tells you what the content is, what the skills are acquired that, that the employee has acquired, you know, how they learned it, who they va- who got who validated it, um, and and such. So, really, a badge is different in that way, in that it is electronic, it can be preserved, it can be transportable and it can be awarded credit. Um, and, you know, in the in the future, we're starting to hear a lot more about um, how e-portfolios and, and electronic uh, records, uh, learner records, are going to be the future. So you'll be able to accumulate and acquire uh, different assets, learning assets, that are then stored electronically and in, in, in your learner record in perpetuity.
1: Yeah, so essentially, you 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 carry uh, the registrar's information, if you will, with you, right? So, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. you, when when people say, "Can I can I see your grades?", <laughs> this is it. Electronically, you essentially have that proof that you know something. And so, right. if 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 you're a young person who is uh, graduating from high school and you're aware that employers are going to be providing this sort of uh, ongoing training, um. Is there uh, the risk that uh, a young person is going to say, well, who needs to get an undergraduate degree? I can just learn as I go. I can just keep taking these sort of mini courses. Is, this, is, this, is there any risk that people will see this as a substitute for an undergraduate or a graduate degree?
2: No, I think there's room for both. And we call them on-ramps and off-ramps. You know, this is an on-ramp. This could definitely be an on-ramp to a degree, to a certificate, to a bachelor's or a master's degree. And it could be an off-ramp to, you know, to the workplace and to employment. And you could be doing both, but no, there's many, uh, and it depends on the discipline or the field certainly that you're in as well in terms of uh, needing a degree, a bachelor's or master's degree. But certainly doesn't replace that. But I think what upskilling can do is supplement, complement, and add to um, degrees and add a great deal of value to that. So it really I think is somewhat dependent upon the field and the um, uh, and the discipline that you're in. Uh, But we can look at it as much more affordable. Uh, you know, achievable, accessible, equitable. I mean, there's so much uh, that we can do now with the flexibility of offering these opportunities to anybody. And what's wonderful about an employer doing this is that Employers will pay for it, and what it says to the employee is, I value you, and I value your own growth and our partnership in, in, the, in the company. So, uh, we also hear a lot about employee satisfaction, about employee retention. Um, and employers, you know, it's a win for employees. They don't have to fill these vacancies that are very hard to fill these days. So they can um, do this upskilling with employees and, and it's a bridge to fill that talent gap. And um, they have higher retention. They, they have a higher retention rate for their employees and, and lower turnover costs. So there's definitely evidence to support all of this that, you know, it works very well for the employer and for the employee um, in doing
1: so. You mentioned that you're rolling out the first two courses uh, here this spring, cybersecurity and and data analysis. Give us an idea of what's coming down the road. What other type of fields uh, are going to benefit from these short modular courses?
2: Yeah, so we are always looking at what's next um, and building that ahead of time. So Burning Glass is one of the tools that we use, and it's a uh, job market Analytics and it's it, it, Burning Glass is really the world's largest uh, and most sophisticated database of of uh, of um, real time data on labor markets. And so what it does is it collects and it mines data uh, and and uh, for millions of job codes over 40,000 online sources every day. So what it tells us is this is. This is what we have as a gap now, and this is what's going to happen in the future, and and this is where we go. We've also drilled down to regional, so we can also say that in the Milwaukee area, in this region, this is what we have a biggest skills gap in right now. But five years from now, ten years from now, we can also give some prediction around what it is we are going to to see in the future, and so with that, we we do prepare and we do look ahead and we do think about certainly technology is influencing everything. So right now, we have the data analytics and and um, data visualization, but you know we look at cybersecurity, OT cybersecurity, IT cybersecurity. We look at digital supply chain specialists. AI, machine learning, cloud computing is in high demand, all this uh, using blockchain. And so it's adding on to uh, and digging deeper into some of these areas. So right now we're creating the foundation, whether it's data analytics and data visualization and saying, okay, so we're using it with Excel. Maybe the next pathway will be with Tableau. Maybe the next pathway will be with Power BI. So as technology changes, we change and we can um, also then customize these pathways as we see the future change and operations change in the workplace and more demand for certain skills.
1: So let me use myself as an example. You know, I, I have spent a lot of time working both in journalism and in marketing, for example, is it, is it possible that an employer would come to somebody like me and say, we know that you're not uh, specializing in computers, but we want you to know something about uh, computer security. We want you to take this course. Would someone like me, without any background in computers, be a good candidate for one of these courses?
2: So it depends. We do a pre-assessment. So we do a readiness assessment. And we say, you know, if you want to know cyber, do you first know, you know, hardware, software, functions, just basic functionality in order to get into the data analytics pathway. So there is a pre-assessment with these pathways so that we do ensure success. And as I mentioned, we do have success coaches. So if you get into it and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, not sure that you have this type of knowledge that you probably should have, that the success coach will help you with that. The success coach also has access to our subject matter experts. So those are our faculty. And we can reach back. The success coach reaches back to the subject matter expert uh, for information or for assistance with the learner as well. So you see, we're pretty hands-on and you know we're we're pretty involved with the learner because we do want to, them to be successful. And I think that's one of the greater differentiators, also with us, is that we we connect with industry. Uh, We deepen our relationship and we partner with them um, such that we we do make ourselves available to them and the learners when they need assistance.
1: You've said a couple of times that employers are the ones who are really commissioning these courses and partnering with the university. Do you see a day where an individual, uh, someone who um, is, is interested, for example, in cybersecurity could sign up for a course on their own? And not necessarily have to have the sponsorship of an employer to do so.
2: Oh, absolutely! That's exactly where we're going. So we're starting with uh, what we're calling a B two B business to business uh, you know um, model. So we're looking at larger employers now, and you're looking at cohorts of learners. So ten people, twenty people at a time, however many in the workplace. And this is for larger employers. And, you know, we'll follow them, track them. Um, But at the same time, uh, absolutely, we would like to go to -to direct-to-consumer so that those that are unemployed or underemployed or really just want to learn more on their own uh, for professional or personal growth are able to do so. So that's the e-commerce way. So we'd really like to be able to get to that point. And we will. That is our vision of ours is that we we start working with employers, but, uh, and it, it, you know, further down the road, we're looking at an e-commerce model where, you know, it can be really open to
1: anybody. And how about the faculty, the people who are teaching the courses uh, for you know semesters at a time now being asked to get involved in programs that might run a couple of weeks? What's been their level of enthusiasm? Well, it's
2: they have uh, it's a different learning experience for them as well. I'll say, you know, uh, faculty are you know used to starting with theory and advancing to application and so forth, and so now we have to quickly sort of ramp them up to say, let's take your learning outcomes and let's put them, uh, let's let's develop competencies, let's put them into articulated skills and, and abilities, and so we do have faculty training, um, and some are very excited about it um, and and willing to really take this on and learn, and I will say now because of this whole pivoting to online that it's not that unfamiliar anymore, that it actually really is somewhat exciting. And we have some faculty that are saying we're ready for the next pathway to develop the next pathway because they are very excited about it. And they think it's pretty cool that you can actually condense and and be have this immersive, design this immersive experience. And of course, we have assistance with some fabulous instructional designers that really help. Um, so they also see the fruits of their labor in a pretty unique and, and exciting way.
1: Well, it sounds like a great program. Best of luck to you, Phyllis. Uh, congratulations on all the work that got you here. But I know the hard work begins now to go ahead and deploy this new system of learning uh, throughout the community and beyond. Best of luck as you do so.
2: Wonderful. Thank you, Tom.
1: Phyllis King, uh, Vice Provost at UWM and one of our leads on a new program, Tech Ed Frontiers, our guest on this edition of UWM Today. That's all for this week's program. We'll see you next week at the same time. Take care, everybody. I'm Tom Lujack.
0: You've been listening to UWM Today with host Tom Lujack, the weekly program where you get to meet the people behind one of America's top research universities, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Playing a vital role in shaping the future of Milwaukee and Wisconsin, UWM's diversity, academic excellence, and world-class research contribute to the region's economic development and quality of life. Learn more at uwm.edu.